the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as I've shared with you before, in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am a master of the laws of taxation law, and I'm also the master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Now, because of my training and my experiences and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and wealth creation and wealth preservation and wealth transfer, And the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. And again, I say yes, bankruptcy law, because as I've also shared with you in the past, I believe that bankruptcy is the opposite side of the two-headed coin that is all about the personal and professional entrepreneurship and wealth creation and wealth preservation that the wise personal and professional entrepreneur always keeps on the back of her mind. And as you know, each and every wise entrepreneur of any stripe, be it dealing with her own business or as a leader of a family unit, she has to keep at least two exit strategies in the back of her mind. One, when things are going well, how she or he or it or they are going to transfer the business itself or the assets of the business to the next generation or liquidate them at a profit so that she or he or they can go on about their new vocation or avocation in life. That's when things are good. But when things are bad, that same wise personal or professional entrepreneur realizes that there is a federally sanctioned mechanism for him or her to dig that business out of a ditch that was intentionally (laughs) or accidentally driven into. And that's to use a part of our Constitution to gain the protection of a federal court to sort out the different claims and how to deal with them effectively, efficiently, ethically, and legally, such that the the entrepreneur can reclaim the business or liquidate it and start afresh. So that's why I think bankruptcy 
needs to always be in the back of the mind of even a successful entrepreneur and especially families, because as you know, sometimes we get in the financial ditch because of our own maneuvering or not paying attention at the will. And sometimes it happens for reasons that are beyond our control, such as a pandemic that shuts down businesses so we can't go to work and make a living and pay our mortgage payment. So that's why I think we need to keep that in mind. And that's why I practice primarily bankruptcy law. But it's, it's siblings, in my opinion, that is to say the siblings of bankruptcy under the law are debt wealth management, estates and trusts, how are you going to leave your business or your assets to your uh, children and grandchildren, real estate, which is the most prominent way to uh, create wealth, something that communities of color have been intentionally blocked off from. But more and more, those of us, we strive to figure out a way to gain real estate assets and more importantly, how to keep them. And because all of this is generated around making a profit, creating a legacy, we also need to know something about taxation law. And that's why I practice tax law as well. And I'm proud to say that sometimes as part of my practice, I also sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the targets and sometimes the victims of some of the more pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that you can ever imagine. So I'm coming to you again today as I continue my voluntary lockdown until I get my second dose of COVID-19 vaccine next week. (laughs) So I'm coming to you from my makeshift studios in my home in a great world-class city that's near and dear to my heart, the always beautiful city of Oakland. And I come to you to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help, especially if you need legal help dealing with your finances and or your assets. And I do this because as I've known for saying, I think representing yourself in a legal matter, and especially one dealing your financial assets, it's just like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. If you're lucky, and your adversary is not paying real close attention, and believe you me, she will be. But just in case you catch her napping, you might be able to sneak up on her and scratch her on her arm with your butter knife or even poke her in the eye and get thrown out of court for uh, assault. That's a a bad joke, but those are the kind of jokes that I know. Uh, More than likely, taking a butter knife to a gunfight in a legal context you're going to be the one that's dead on arrival. And I'm not talking about your immortal soul. I'm talking your immortal soul, but your mortal body. I'm trying to let you know that not being thoroughly prepared and ready to fight your battle in court, you're going to see your valid claims and your righteous defenses likely see the promised land way before you do. So once again, I share with you the purpose of Solon's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money and finances And especially during these times when you might find that you have an overall 
deficit of money and finances. But I still think you need to consider what you need to do to protect your and or your families and or your businesses, financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts, and it's not a threatening educational forum. So today, I want to give you an update on last week's topic. That is to say the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, which again is a $28.6 billion, with a B, grant, not loan, federal program administered by our very own Small Business Administration. And it was developed to provide funding to help restaurants and other eligible businesses that are in the food and beverage service space to help them keep their doors open or help them reopen their doors that were temporarily shut down due to the pandemic. Now, this program will provide funding equal to these businesses' pandemic-related revenue losses of up to $10 million per business and no more than $5 million per physical location. And again, they're for restaurants, food trucks, food carts, caterers, bars, lounges, inns, and other short-term residential businesses such as inns and bed and breakfast facilities that have on-site food and beverage provisioning space. And the program also serves and may provide funding to bakeries, breweries, wineries, tap and tasting rooms that make sales directly to the public in their space and generate at least 33% of their operating revenue from these public space sales. Now, the recipients of these funds are not required to repay the funding as long as the funds are used for eligible uses no later than March 11, 2023, 24 months from the date of the inception. So I say again, recipients of these funds are not required to repay the funding as long as they utilize the funds in total by March 11, 2023. So these are grants. I just keep wanting to emphasize that. It's so seldom that you have an opportunity to get a grant and not be a nonprofit. Now, the online application process began last Monday, not this past uh, Monday, but Monday, May the 3rd. And it will remain open to any eligible business until all the funds are exhausted. So while any targeted business can, and I urge and I suggest that you all should apply. However, for the first 21 days of the program, the SBA will only actually fund applications where the applicant has self-certified that it meets the eligibility requirements as a small business owned by either a woman or a veteran or a socially and economically disadvantaged individual, which under the nomenclature usually means a, a black or brown person or a Native American person or uh, an other socially or economically disadvantaged individual. So I recommend that any all in all business in the food and beverage industry, either Google or Bing, the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, 
or go directly to the SBA website and then search around for the restaurant revitalization uh, fund information and instructions on what you need to do to apply for this fund. So when we come back, I'll give you an update on the status of the restaurant revitalization fund because the uh, SBA has been reaching out to me to give me updated information, and I want to share that with you. And then also I want to continue our discussion on some of the federal and state programs geared towards assisting both renters and landlords who've been negatively impacted by COVID-19. But first, we're going to take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion of today's topic, that is to say the status of the Restaurant Revitalization Fund. And I want to share with you some information that I received from the SBA earlier this week. And after that, we'll continue our ongoing discussion, more or less, of some of the federal and state programs that are geared towards assisting both renters, which there's been a lot of uh, publicity about, but there's also some programs that are more balanced, in my opinion, that is to say, that are geared towards assisting both renters and landlords who've been negatively impacted by COVID-19. So first up, what's the update on the Small Business Administration Restaurant Revitalization Fund? Again, it's not their program. They've been charged with administering it. So I guess in effect, you consider it their program. However, I've been in touch with them because I went to a couple of training programs before the program got implemented and uh, they've invited me to participate in some programs subsequently and they give me information generally at least a couple times a week. Now, according to the SBA, this past Wednesday, May the 11th, just a little over a week after the program was started on Monday, May the 3rd, it's reporting that it has received 266,000 applications seeking a total of 65 billion with a B. And that's far more than the 28.6 billion with a B that Congress allocated for the program. Oh my, that's more than double the allocated amount. 65 billion dollars worth of application came in in a little over a week for a program that only has 28.6 billion dollars. So that means that unless Congress passes legislation providing the uh, restaurant revitalization fund with fresh funding, the program looks certain to provide the vast majority of its funding to the eligible businesses that again are owned by women, veterans, and socially disadvantaged individuals, black people, brown people, Native American uh, uh, owned uh, food service businesses and other socially and economically uh, underprivileged individuals. And that particular group that first set aside as it were, the SBA received 147,000 applications requesting 29 billion with a B, 
So that's why the SBA believes that unless some of these uh, businesses shake out, the funds will be uh, totally absorbed by the target businesses. And I guess this will be like the first time that black and brown people go to the head of the line and actually have an opportunity to get some funding first. I'm saying that slightly tongue in cheek, but really not so much. However, don't give up yet, no matter what flavor you are. The American Rescue Plan mandated $5 billion, with a B, set aside uh, in this program established by Congress for applicants with gross receipts of not more than $500,000, considered a small business. The SBA created on its own two additional funding allocations for the smallest restaurants and eating establishment, such as food trucks and food carts. Now, just so you'll know, this program, the smallest amount one can ask for is $1,000. But believe you me, there are a lot of food trucks and food carts out there that could use a $1,000 grant, and it'll take them a long way. Now, the uh, SBA has set up $500 million for applicants with less than $50,000 in annual receipts and $4 billion for uh, entrepreneurs, restaurateurs who have between uh, 500000 and $1.5 million. Again, these are receipts that were for 2019 because 2020 uh, is the year that the pandemic took place. So in the first few days of the program, which opened on May 3rd, the SBA received 13,114 applications for businesses with less than $50,000 in revenue, requesting $330 million in funds. They received another 100,410 applications for businesses uh, with less than $500,000 in annual revenue and 61,535 applicants with businesses between $500,000 and $1.5 million, uh, requesting fifteen. dollars billion. So there's an over allocation or over request for funds, but these applications are still open and they're going to keep them open. And they're especially interested in businesses, these tiny businesses that make $50,000 or less, because those are potentially businesses that are just making what, uh, you know, a, a moderately income employed person makes, but at least they can keep themselves employed. And that's why the SBA is going to keep uh, the portal open for those businesses. So if you're a tiny restaurateur, food truck operator, or uh, food cart operator, please go to the SBA's website. Again, you can Bing or Google Restaurant Revitalization Fund and or go directly to the SBA's website and look for Restaurant Revitalization Fund. Find the portal. And if you're a teeny tiny little restaurateur, there are still funds available for you. So I wish you the best. Now, let's move on to our second topic. We're going to talk about a couple of examples where there are proposals to help both landlords and tenants, as opposed to just tenants. Now, first, on the state level, you should know that this past Monday, California Governor Gavin Newsom unveiled a $5.2 billion with a B plan to help millions of qualified low-income individuals who are behind on their rent get caught up with their rent. Now, 
the benefits will cover 100% of back rent as well as some future payments. And it also contains money for um, to catch up with your utility bills because those likely got behind as well. And Newsom introduced this program here in Oakland at the Unity Council, a nonprofit in the Fruitvale District of Oakland that I have personally worked with since I have began, since I became a lawyer more than 15 years ago. And the program is geared to keep the people housed. And how it does that, it will pay the rent to the tenant for the tenant to give to the landlord. So that means that it's a way for, it's basically a pass-through from the tenant to the landlord. The tenant gets to stay in her home and the landlord gets the money so he or she can pay her mortgage. I think that's an excellent idea. If you think it's an excellent idea, you need to reach out to your assembly person or your senator because the, it has to be passed in a bill. It has to be passed by the legislature. So that's what I recommend you do. Now, on the federal side, there is a bill that has been introduced by Representative Alan Omar, and I made reference to this last week. She has introduced the Rent and Mortgage Cancellation Act. Now, it's a bill that will institute a nationwide cancellation of rents and home mortgage payments for the duration of the pandemic. The bill would constitute a full payment forgiveness program with no accumulation of debt for renters or homeowners and no negative impact on their credit rating or rental history. Now, critically, the legislation will establish a relief fund for landlords and mortgage holders to cover the loss of the canceled payments. It will also create an option for buying out uh, or fully finance the purchase of private property by nonprofits and public housing authorities and cooperatives and community land trusts for people who want to get out of the landlord business. But it's balanced in that it cancels the negative implications of not paying rent or mortgages and it sets up a fund to satisfy lenders. So I think it's that's a wealth, at least on the surface, well thought out. Now, the bill is co-sponsored by Alan Lowenthal, Jamal Bowman, Ed D. Markey, um, Barbara Lee from the Bay Area, and several others uh, throughout the country. So Representative Omar says... Right now, we're facing an unprecedented crisis that has put millions of Americans at risk of housing instability and homelessness. While the American Rescue Plan extends the the national rent moratorium, this is not a long-term solution. People across the country will be forced to pay tens of thousands of dollars in back rent when it ends. In some cases, local governments are allowing evictions to continue despite the moratorium. In other cases, landlords are going bankrupt due to the lack of income. To avoid even a larger crisis, we must cancel rent and mortgage payments during this pandemic. This is, isn't a radical idea. It's what's needed to prevent an even bigger crisis. So 
there you have it. These are a couple of elected officials that are looking at both sides of the landlord-tenant issue during this pandemic. And whether you agree with them or not, at least they've got their thinking caps on. And what do you think about their plans? So I suggest that you let your state or federal representative know how you feel as these bills work their way through the political process. Well, we're going to leave it there for now. But as always in closing here at Selman's Law, we want to stay on the right side of the law, including dealing with the tensions between food service providers and those of us who like to eat and the tension between renters and landlords in the midst of a pandemic. In the meantime, please get vaccinated until we have an efficient herd immunity without a bunch of us keeling over and dropping dead. And in the meantime, please keep a social distance, a social physical distance, but not a social communication and communal distance. And please mask up and wash your hands. Till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 